Hi, Caleb. Hello, Ira. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hi, Michael. How are you today? I'm okay, thank you. Hello, Michael. How are you? All right, Caleb. Hi, Oli. Hello, Oli. Good morning. You all right? All right, Oli. And how are you? Yes, hello. Hi, everyone. My name is Iram, and it's the third episode of the Fragments podcast, where we talk about drama pieces, which were written during drama workshops, which were part of the Fragments project. In every episode, we talk about stories behind each piece, and we discuss potential soundscapes for each of them. Today we are going to talk about Caleb's drama piece, which is called My Great Zimbabwe. And we also have Michael and Oli to join our conversation. Before we start, I want to ask everyone to introduce themselves. I'm Caleb Gomez, born in 1952. I came to England in 2002. Uh, I married plus two boys back home in Africa, Zimbabwe. I've got uh, four granddaughters. Yes, that is all for now. Hi, um, my name is Oliver, Oliver Mbolokele. I'm 37 and I'm an asylum seeker. I'm also a songwriter, um, do a bit of poetry, I do a bit of music and um, started to do a bit of drama as well. And I've joined to, to do this piece because um, I like the stories around it and um, I can relate to it and I feel like it's a voice that needs to be heard. So as I'm here, I'm enjoying this project that we've got going on and it's always new news and um, nice to know people's stories because you learn new different things um but yeah that's me in a nutshell a little bit <laughs> i'm michael pruitt i'm a volunteer with the reading refugee support group which is how i became involved in this particular project with various organizations i've done quite a lot of public speaking i guess probably over 100 talks at various stages over a number of years advocating or, or campaign on behalf of various organisations and this just seemed to be a rather a new and interesting challenge. Thank you everyone. First of all, Caleb, I want to ask you why was it important for you to write this particular dialogue? Why I decided to write this dialogue is because this is exactly what happens in Zimbabwe. When you enter a bar, you don't talk politics or religion. That causes people to fight because people start arguing in the drunk centers and they start fighting. So no politics, no religion. That is why I decided to write it because it's a true thing, it's a true story. I think it's even worse now. As long as you are not a ZANU-PF supporter or member, you don't live a free life. You have to be on the lookout at all times. Yes. I was just going to say, um, I just see it's a country of no freedom of speech, and regardless of politics, you should be able to still be able to express yourself without having fear that something's going to happen to you, regardless. You know what I mean? Um, it's crazy to live in in that type of environment. You're saying you can't talk about politics and you can't talk about religion. What's what's to stop someone to share a faith or a belief to somebody? Um, don't necessarily mean you you have to follow it. It's, we live by choices in life, innit? it? We don't live by oh, like you're obliged to have to follow certain 
religion or certain culture that you don't feel comfortable with. And yeah, I just feel like that's wrong. You're deprived from all of it. That's human rights. And um, and it's just having a great understanding of the type of people that were, um, the type of world that we live in. And we're not all the, uh, the same. It's a big scene. It's a big um, actual meaning to what this, what I visioned when, when we was doing the part. Because like I said, I always see things like a film and I've seen things like this as well in films and the reality that now um, my brother is sharing with us is is deep. Um, and I feel like, yeah, just, it's just wrong. It's wrong. Michael, what about you? Do you have anything to add to what was said? Well, I mean, I don't know anything about Zimbabwe because I've never been there. And so a lot of this was just based on what um, Caleb told me. It was, it was, it was like... About 14 years ago, I used to work with someone who had come from Zimbabwe, and um, it surprised him very greatly when he returned because he said the quality of life in Zimbabwe was better than it was in England, which I found extraordinary and I could not understand at the time. I think it was partly because his, he felt that the, um, the idea of the extended family in Zimbabwe was better and that his son, in particular, was falling into bad ways and getting into, um, you know, coming friendly with uh, not the most desirable of other children. So that's, you know, that really is what uh, what Caleb's told me and what this I've learnt from um, from Ishak all those years ago. That's my son knowledge of Zimbabwe. If you are working, it can be better, but if you are not working yet, you know you cannot get a job in Zimbabwe. Then there's no need, there's no way you can say like it's okay there in Zimbabwe. For you to have a good life in Zimbabwe, you need to be a supporter of the Zanu PF. And I'm not going to support the Zanu PF because that's the, Zanu, that's the party that does not give you the freedom of speech. I came here in 2002, and why I left is because I was not a ZANU-PF supporter and I did not grow up going to any political parties. And then there are times you'd be forced to attend a political party and you need to produce a card to identify yourself that you are a member of this party. But because I did not grow up uh, into politics, I was never interested in politics. And uh, I could see those who were supporting the opposition party being beaten up. So I decided, no, I can leave this place and go to a safer place. That's when I came here. And of course, I've never been to Zimbabwe since that day. I wouldn't want to go back because I even speak to my mother here when I tell her I want to come back just to hear what she's going to say. She tells me, there's nothing to come here for. You better stay there. So if you find a mother is telling a big man like me to say, don't come back, stay there. That is to say, times are really hard times in Zimbabwe. There are no jobs. Even though at my age, I cannot get a job there. It's not just my age. Even youngsters cannot get jobs there in Zimbabwe. At the same time, the soldiers are getting more money than the teachers, which I find really very awkward. A soldier gets his education from a teacher. Even the ministers are getting more than the teachers, and yet for them to be ministers, they need education. And the education comes from the teachers, which are the lowest paid people. While the soldiers and the police are the highest paid people, the teachers are getting peanuts. 
Some of the soldiers now, if you are a doctor, you are asked to join the army. So you don't get paid as a doctor. You get paid as a soldier by your rank. They give you rank, which is all wrong. Mm. Like I, I said earlier on, for you to live a good life in Zimbabwe, you have to be seen to be supporting the ruling party. Uh, we have got some journalists who are supporting the opposition party. As we speak like this, they all locked up. We have got also three girls that are locked up now. There's a, the first time it happened, they were picked up and uh, sexually abused and then dumped in the bush. So when they were found, the police then said they faked their own abduction. Caleb, it sounds horrible and it reminds me of the place I came from by the level of violence and brutality. Let's talk about sound design for this dialogue. Which sounds or music can we add to this piece to give it a sense of location or maybe emphasize some of the feelings characters experience in the dialogue? Well, I think it's just like any other sound in any country. People talking, cars moving, people greeting each other, high-five. That is why we said the noise was so, so much in the pub. Then we decided to go to John's place. I was thinking something like, like there's traffic, sound, um, noises of people in the pub with TV on maybe, a little crowd, sound of glasses. Um, but us, as we're talking, over-talking that, but with the sound at the back, if you get what I mean, with a bit of traffic there and people just, a crowd there, that knowing that we're, we're in some sort of pub. And then characters leave the pub and walk on the street at night. How does that place in Zimbabwe sounds at night? Maybe you can hear footsteps from a distance, or you can hear people talking from a distance because the street is quiet. We're talking at night now. It's now at night we're talking about it. But in some places, if you walk along a street and uh, people are sleeping and you're making so much noise, the owner of the house will get out of his house and say, hey, you guys are making noise. I'm going to call the police for you. So you have to watch how you raise your voices as you walk around at night. And also, the police can come and arrest you for disturbing the peace. Mm. Are there any sounds of animals or plants? Street dogs, they never go close to any human being. They make sure everyone is fast asleep and they know where to go to and find their food. So if they are at a bin, because they know the best place to go to is the bin. You know the bin where you throw away your rubbish? You can tell by the sound of the lid falling off because we've got those metal bins. It's not plastic. And where dogs are, you can also tell that there are dogs out there because they're always fighting for food. They're just as good as baboons. Where there's food and baboons, you hear them fighting. Yeah. In this piece, there is a lot of fear which characters experience throughout the story. How does fear sound to you? Like, I'll say like a horror, like a horror sound, a thriller. It, it's kind of fearish. Me, it's my first time to hear it from you that fear has got a sound. I was going to ask you, what sound does fear give you? I mean, if anything, the, the apprehension, I mean, at the beginning, it's not so much fear, I don't think, it's more apprehension. If there is any real f- fear here, it will come at the moment of the arrest. 
a group of people being arrested at the same time. That is conveyed in the shouting, whether there's going to be fear and anger. And the slamming of the door. I mean, slamming of doors and then presumably a diminution of the, of the, of the shouting or a cessation of the shouting. I mean, slamming of doors can be quite final. Yeah, slamming of doors, truck drives off, well, you know, you leave, you leave the audience to imagine what has happened. For me, the sound of fear is like if you walk into a quiet place, then you start feeling scared. It's like walking in a cemetery at night. It's quiet. You start feeling scared. But now, what I don't understand is the sound. When you say the sound, the sound of fear, it's quiet. There is no sound. Thank you, everyone, for this amazing conversation and your sound ideas. This scene feels very real, and it is important for understanding what's going on in Zimbabwe nowadays. I took all your ideas into consideration and added some of them to the dialogue. So let's listen to it. My great Zimbabwe. Look, before we go in, no politics, no religion. What's that then, Caleb? Because you don't know where the CPUs are. CPUs? Crime prevention units. If you don't agree about no politics and no religion, I'm not going in with you. Who buy the beers in the off license and drink them at home. Okay. Mum's the word. It's safe here. John is okay. MDC alive. He's not police. The CPUs are out tonight. They always are. Do you know about the CPUs, Michael? Well, if that's who we saw tonight in the street, I guess it's sort of secret police. Supporters of Zan PM employed by the government, always in plain clothes. They listen. 
Can you ever tell who? Only if a friend wants you to be careful. Someone you might have recognized them. Are they always men? One or two women, but they always work with men. Yeah, sometimes men work alone in bars. If a single man goes to the toilet and he goes with his phone in his hand, he might be calling in. And there might, there might be a truck nearby. Sounds like the Stasi, the old East German secret police. One in seven East Germans was the Stasi informer. This is how we live here in Zimbabwe. Another beer? Yes, please. 